Good morning, church, brothers, sisters, and friends. It's a privilege to be before you this morning. We just ask that you consider the word this morning. We're going to be preaching out of Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. So for you page-turners and you looker-uppers on your devices, you would get there while I set the scene for today's message. Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. As you've heard the parables preached, and as Pastor Scott started us off way back in the spring through the winter with parables, as we've returned to them this fall, um, the setting is and context is so important to understanding the Word of God. In this parable, we find Matthew 25, told by Jesus, is critical to understanding the meaning of what Jesus is teaching to His disciples. By way of His telling the story, we need to know what's going on. This falls between two of the most preached on, most read, most remembered verses of Scripture. The first being found in Matthew 21, which is Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry where Jesus enters the city of Jerusalem. And then, of course, in Matthew 28, the Easter story, the resurrection, where Jesus is arrested, beaten, where he's put to death on the cross, but praise God, he is raised from the dead. So between Matthew 21 and Matthew 28, we have Jesus telling this parable, this story. Jesus is preparing his disciples for his journey, his going back to be with the Father. His teaching is about being prepared for his return. Jesus is preparing his disciples for the departure from the earth. In telling this parable, Jesus is encouraging the disciples to Be prepared for his return. His return to judge the world and to gather the church. At the time of Matthew's writing this story, the church was struggling with the delay in Christ's return. His second coming, Matthew reminds the church, and today is reminding us that we have been entrusted with the great treasure of the gospel. You'll hear me refer to the gospel a lot in this sermon and in this message. The gospel, which is the good news that God has provided a way for us sinners to be restored to a right position with God. Through belief in His Son's death, burial, and resurrection, that death has been defeated. As a parent and as a supervisor, The most worrisome times 
were when I would leave my girls for the first time and go away from home. Leave them by themselves. As a parent, if you're a parent and you have experienced this, you know one of two things are going to happen. Either they're going to burn the house down or they're going to kill the family pet. You're convinced of it. You know one of these two things is going to happen. For those of you that don't have children, maybe you can relate as a supervisor going away going on vacation for a week, what are they going to do while I'm gone? You know the old saying, when the cat's away, the mice will play. I had a boss, when I was a supervisor, who was the owner of Elsa Builder Supply, Austin Goodyear. He told me once that a good supervisor gets results when he's present and around, keeping an eye on things. A great supervisor gets results when he's not present, when he's not there and his workers are still doing the same thing that they're supposed to be doing. But as we enter into this parable, Matthew 25, let's pray that God brings his wisdom and his knowledge, reveals that to our hearts. Let's pray. Father God, I just ask that you meet us here this day. Wherever the church is gathered, whether they're gathered together in their home, whether they're together two or three, when we can. Father, we just pray that you meet us right where we are today, that you reveal yourself in a fresh and new way. We'll give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 25, verse 14 and 15. It'd be like a man going on a journey called his servants and entrusted them with his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability, and then he went away. The man going on the journey represents Jesus. The servants represent us, mankind, humankind. Those that believe and those that don't, as we'll see as the parable unfolds, God sent his son to this earth to deliver an example, to leave us with responsibility. While we all have different and unique gifts, we all share in and have responsibility for what God has given to us. In this parable, he gave talents, that's money. And as I prepared for this message, doing word studies, talent is a fairly large sum of money. So it's not like they were given just a little bit. They were given a lot. To the one he gave five talents, to, one he gave, to the other he gave two, and still another he gave one. God gives to us all. The question is, what are we doing with what he has given us? What are we doing while the master is away? The parable continues. So the man, the property owner, the master, goes on a journey. And he gives his servant talents, money, to be taken care of while he's gone. Verse 16 through 18. 
he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also the one who had two talents made two talents more. But the one who had received one talent went and dug, a, dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Notice the man with five went at once. No hesitation, a sense of enthusiasm to put what he had been entrusted with to work. Likewise, the man with two went to work in what he had been provided and made two more. But the man that had one, he chose to hide the money in the ground. So he would be assured to have that one talent when the boss, the master, returned. The obvious difference is what they did with the master's money. Not so obvious difference is why they did what they did. The first two men invested and grew the money that had been given to them. The third man hid his money in the ground. Why? Verses 19 through 23. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled the accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of the master. And he also, who had had two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered, me to, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two ta talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over, over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the master's joy. Verse 19, it says, And after a long time. Remember, Matthew is writing to the church of his day who were waiting for Christ's second coming. Church, brothers, sisters, today, are you still expecting, still waiting, still longing for Christ to return? In his time, he will return. And yes, it has been a long time. We've just come through and are still in a period of waiting, aren't we? We should be able to relate to this parable where people are waiting for Jesus to return. As we have been waiting for this pandemic to pass, the owner returns and settles the accounts. The two men that had invested his money, came and brought the money that they had been given, plus the money that they had made, and was rewarded for their actions. They are given the opportunity to tell and to show the master what they had done while he was away. At the return of Christ, will we, be at, we will be asked a very similar question, brothers and sisters. What have you done with the gospel? that has been entrusted to you. 
Now, who doesn't like an attaboy? A pat on the back, a good, good job from the boss. This is what these men received. Well done, good and faithful servant, as the Scripture says. They get promoted. You did well with what you had, I will give you more. And lastly, they get invited into the Master's joy. Now let's take a look at the third man and how he handled the Master's return. Verses 24 through 28. He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reaped where I had not sown and gathered where I had scattered no seed, and you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. This may seem quite severe at first glance. But as we look exactly what has transpired here, hopefully we can understand why the master is so upset with a man with one talent. First, the man was afraid. Fear has a tendency to make us freeze, to destable us, not enable us. But Jesus repeatedly tells us, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of men, but out of a reverence, fear God. Matthew 10 tells us, so, no, so have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. You cannot hide your sin from God. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, what you hear whispered, proclaim from the rooftops. Do not fear those that can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Secondly, the servant made no effort to use the treasure that was entrusted to him. He only hid it. God expects us to be a light on a hill, not to hide our light under a basket. And thirdly, the master's response, you wicked and slothful servant. There was a conviction on this man, a judgment on his actions. As Jesus will do for all of us when he returns. So what's the difference between the first two servants and the last? It's the way that they viewed the master. The first two put the money to work and doubled it. They took a risk and used the opportunity to make more of what had been given to them. Because it's what they believed the master wanted them to do. They had faith. They were doing the master's will. And in doing so, they acted out of obedience and with confidence. 
the last servant acted out of fear. He was afraid of the master. He was only trying to secure his own safety and protection, knowing that the master was going to return. And when the master returns, he'll be able to give him back his money. Sounds a little like fire insurance to me. I said the prayer. I go to church sometimes. I was baptized when I was 10. But there's no evidence of Christ in your life. What does the master do? He takes the money and has, has, has this servant thrown into the darkness. Into the darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. For the first to enter into my joy. For the last, weeping. For the first two, confidence. They were in the Master's will. For the last, fear. Fear of the Master. Brothers, sisters, where are you today? Be honest. Are you confident or are you unsure and afraid? We end our passage of Scripture today with verses 29 through 30. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Brothers and sisters, there is a day coming when we will stand before God and be asked, what have you done with the gospel? Paul warns from the book of Romans, or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance, but because you are hard and impotent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourselves on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. Brothers and sisters, will our response be one of confidence that leads to more responsibility and ushered into the joy of the Master, a place called heaven? Will one of fear that leads into the darkness, a place called hell? Now is the time to decide where you want to spend eternity. 
Because when you're standing in front of God, it's too late to decide. Who are you serving with your life? Yourself or God? Just burying the money and playing it safe is not what the Master desires for many of us. This parable tells us that God will hold us accountable for what we have done and for what we have not done with the gospel. This may sound harsh. You may ask yourself, what about God's grace? Yes, God is grace-filled and will forgive us of our sins if we repent and turn from our ways. See, he knows our hearts better than we know them ourselves. He knows if we truly have faith and trust in him with all that he has given to us. His command is this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I end with this. Quoting John Shedd. A ship in the safe in the a ship in the harbor is safe. But that's not what ships are meant for. What do you believe you were meant for? Let's pray. Father, as we've looked at your word this morning, we pray that. It has touched us in such a way that we can't run away from it. That we can't hide from it. You make it plain what you desire of us, from us, to be obedient to your word. Father, we know that you love us. We know that you'll forgive us. But you desire holiness in us and from us. Father, I just pray for each and every person hearing this message today and as the time plays out over Facebook, as people hear your word, that they'll understand that you love them and that you desire to be and have a relationship with them. But you want something from us. You want us to love you back. I pray for that this day. That people will love you back. Love you more than anything this world has to offer. Any momentary thrill that we can get from it. Father, we love you. We ask this in Jesus' name.